They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is RV. Good afternoon, kids. Welcome to the Chai Kids show on 101.9 Chai FM. And I hope you have had an amazing day at school today. Thank you for choosing the Chai Kids show on Chai FM. My name is Avi and I am 10 years old and I will be hosting for you today. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. Coming up on Chai Kids today, I will be interviewing Munduduzi Nutuli, Education Officer at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. Stay tuned to 101.9 Chai FM to learn more about the Holocaust history. Also, on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and a guest a song to challenge, to challenge your musical knowledge. So listen carefully during the show to be the first one to send in your answer and send a chance to call in and send a shout out to your friends and school. Also, at the end of the show, listen out for Montgomery Jones and the search for the Last World of Fantasy audiobooks. They are really interesting and super amazing. You can also get the full stories on Miss Stop Productions channel on YouTube or on the website www.miststoppedproductions.com. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and it's charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a telegram on 0618951019 and please don't forget to sign your name. You can also you can also call us on 0101403020. I repeat 0101403020. On that note, let's get ready for a very interesting show on Chai Kids today. Chai Kids for kids by kids. They are the Chai Kids. Your host today is RV. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Avi and I'm your host for today. Before we start the interview with Mduduzi Nutuli, Education Officer at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, I want to introduce the tongue twister for today. It is Thin Sticks. I repeat, Thin Sticks. A bit later, I'll count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. So call me on 010. 1403020 to see if you can say it faster than me. I have Mduduzi Nutuli with me in the studio today. So if you have any questions for him, for him, you can send them on 34519 or Telegram to 0618951019. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Avi. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Uh, when was the center that you work at created? Well, the building itself was created. It took a number of years for the building to be created. It, but the center itself, the work, was founded in 2008. And we did not have a building at that time. So we were a traveling center. So we were up and down. And we had many partnerships with different organizations and different venues where we conducted our work. And we went to different schools. We would travel to different schools to conduct our work. We had a, a traveling exhibition with us, a pop-up exhibition. And then finally, in 2019, our building, our scent, our beautiful building was completed and we opened it to the public. So it's been a long time. That's amazing. What is your role at the center? I'm an education officer. 
I facilitate workshops with uh, learners, students, university students, teachers, adult groups, people who visit the center who want to, lo- to learn more about the Holocaust and other genocides as well. I also manage the podcast series that is run by the center. I, I, in a way, do something similar to what you're doing right now. I interview people for the podcast. So there's a lot of things that I do. That's amazing. Why did you take up this role? Was it forced upon you or did you choose it by free will? Well, yes, I chose it by free will. You know, we live in a free country. It's a vocational call. It's a calling. I really think so. This kind of work where you want to make the world a better place and you want to teach people about humanity and take lessons from really difficult histories and try and make those connections to today's challenges and try to make the world a better place and you know make people more sensitive and more caring. You have to have a passion for this kind of work. So I would say it's a calling. Oh, okay. That's extremely interesting. Yes, yes. How many people work at the company you work at? So there's myself, so in my education team, there are currently three of us. And then I'll count four, five, six, seven, eight. Now I would say all in all, there are 10 of us, 10 to 12 people. For the entire building? The entire building, 10 to 12 permanent staff members. And then we have more than 20 volunteers, people who choose to volunteer their time to come and help us do the work that we do. So more than 20 volunteers, 10 to 12 staff members. So that's close to 25 people all in all. That's cool. That's extremely cool. Thank you. When was the Holocaust? Well, it's such an interesting history. So Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party came into seized power. They came into power in Germany in 1933. And then, in 1939, the Second World War began. And then that was a very important event. And then two years after that, in 1941, there was something called the Final Solution. So the Nazis decided that they did not want any Jewish people alive in Europe anymore. So they called this the Final Solution. And really, it was after that decision in 1941 that the genocide, the the murders, began. So, I mean, it's a 12-year history. Nothing just happens. There's always a process. There are always steps that lead to such a big event like a genocide. So, in a way, it's a complicated answer. I would start in 1941 when that final solution began but a simple answer would be during world war ii okay yes that's nice are there people who lived through the holocaust that that work at the center yes we are we have been very very fortunate at the the center in fact there are three centers and i'm sure maybe you'll ask me about this later there are three holocaust and genocide centers in south africa there's the one that i work with in johannesburg the johannesburg holocaust and genocide center there's another one in cape town the cape town holocaust and genocide center in fact there was the very first one that was established in south africa and then there's another one in durban the durban holocaust and genocide center so they all form part of a foundation called the south african holocaust and genocide foundation 
And we've been very, very fortunate to have Holocaust survivors who actually survived, who came to live in South Africa to work with us. So, I mean, as you can imagine, the Holocaust was more than 76 years ago. So many of them are no longer with us. And those that are still with us are, you know, have, they, are, they are advanced in age, if I can put it politely. So we have very few. So we have Irene Glass, who lives in, in, in Johannesburg, and she's still very active. She's in her early 90s. She still works with us. We have Don Crafts, who uh, was very active as well with the center. Uh, in Cape Town, there's one very famous Holocaust survivor, Ella Blumenthal. In fact, there was a movie that was uh, recently made about her life called I Am Here. So not many survivors, but we're very fortunate to have the, the few that we still have that, that work with us. Wow, that's really... It's awesome. Yeah. Yes. How does it feel to work with Holocaust survivors? It's very humbling. You know, it really makes you realize that, number one, anything is possible, that the human spirit can get you through a horror that you cannot imagine. And also, it really makes you appreciate life and uh, the, very, the little things in life, you get to appreciate that. It's a very humbling, honoring experience working with survivors in general, but also certainly Holocaust survivors. It's, 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 it's unbelievable when you hear their stories. Wow. Mm. Um, did they teach you about the Holocaust or did you learn about it or from different people? Well, I learned about it from different people. And also, but working with Holocaust survivors is the best education about the Holocaust that you can ever receive because they give you firsthand personal experiences of what they went through. And there is nothing better than hearing a firsthand account of someone's experience from that very person themselves. So I learned, I listened to so many, I've interacted with many Holocaust survivors in my eight year career in this position, in this job. But also, I mean, I've been at university. I, did, uh, I studied history at university, and I've read a lot of books, and I've watched many documentaries, and I've worked with the director, many directors, of, um, of the, particularly Tallinnate, who's the, the director of the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, and Mary Luke, who's the director of the Durban Holocaust and Genocide Center. I've worked with two, the both of them uh, quite closely during my, my, my career. So I've learned a lot from them as well, and also my colleagues uh, at the two centers, the Durban Holocaust and Genocide Center and the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. Wow. Yes, so That's it's really quite an honor to have worked with all these people. Really high... Um, highly respected, esteemed people. Wow. Yes. Were people taken from their homes, Jewish people? Yes, absolutely. So when the Nazis began to invade uh, different countries during the, the Second World War, they established what is called ghettos. So a ghetto would be an area within a city or within a city center that was chosen by the Nazis and then it, it, became, it was demarcated, it was enclosed. And they chose this area as an area where they would enclose or imprison Jews or, or keep Jews in isolation. And they would literally wall these areas in. And so people were then forced out of their homes and then forced into these ghettos. 
And then later on, they would be taken from these ghettos to the killing centers to be murdered. So yes, people were forced out of their homes. Well, is it necessary for children to learn about the Holocaust? Absolutely. There's an interesting quote by Primo Levi. So Primo Levi is another Holocaust survivor, and he wrote a book. And we, at the entrance of our building, when you enter the foyer of the building, there's a quote that we place there. And he says, it happened, and it can happen again. This is the core of what we have to say. It can happen anywhere. And so we put that quote at the very entrance of the building to remind especially young people, that we have to be vigilant about hate and the process of hate building and using stereotypes to judge people and the dangers of othering and how stereotypes can lead to prejudice and how prejudice can lead to othering and then uh, some, something terrible can happen if we are not vigilant about hate and hate speech and all those processes that lead to a destruction. Wow. Okay, on that note, let's take a song break and we will be back soon. Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is RV. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Avi and you are still listening to the Hi Kids show on 101.9 Hi FM. Before we carry on with our interview with Nduduzi Nutuli, our I'll guess the song for today is... And the tongue twister is Thin Sticks. I have Nduduzi Nutuli, Education Officer at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, in the studio with me today. If you have any questions for him, you can send an SMS to 34519 or telegram to 061-895-1019 or call 010-1403020. Now, let's carry on with our questions. What nationality was Hitler? He was born in Austria. So the country Austria, which is actually not far from Germany, it's literally it's, it's a neighbor of Germany. So he was Austrian. Wow. Do you know if he died or not? Well, yes, he did die. I know there are many conspiracy theories, but he did die. Um, he committed suicide just as the war was ending. Oh, that's sad, but also happy. Well... <laughs> That's interesting. That's an interesting response. <laughs> and were his bones found? Well, his body was found. Yes, his body was found. That's how they knew that he committed suicide. How big were the Nazis that tried to wipe out all the Jews? How many population was the army? You know, so at that time, the Germany had a population of about 60 million people. And the Jewish population of Germany at that time in the 1930s was about 500,000 Jews in Germany. And so the Nazis, even though not every German was a Nazi, but they, they had enough of a following to form an army. And they, they were very clever in recruiting people. So they had uh, an organization called the Hitler Youth that would recruit young men 
to in a way brainwash them to be future Nazis. And they had an organization for young ladies called the League of German Maidens. And this was to recruit or brainwash young ladies, young women, young girls to be future, you know, Nazi women. So to indoctrinate them into Nazism. So over, over time, they grew, their support grew. But they started out as a small but very loud but small political party. And they grew and grew and grew. And that's why it's very important for kids to learn about the Holocaust so that we can be vigilant about who says what and how hate speech sometimes can influence the way we think about people we actually don't know. You know, stereotypes are very dangerous. And if we don't pay attention to even the smallest, the most seemingly innocent stereotypes, then slowly but surely the process of the brainwashing begins. And before you know it, you hate a group of people, but you actually don't know them. Oh, wow, that's sad. Mm. sad. It is very sad, actually, yes. Were only Jews killed during the Holocaust? There were other groups that were targeted. So you might have heard of a group called the Roma and the Sinti. Now, a terrible name is often used to refer to them, and that's gypsies. So the, the Roma and the Sinti, or quote-unquote gypsies, were also murdered. Homosexual people also were targeted. Jehovah's Witnesses also were targeted. Black people also were targeted. Uh, Slavs also were targeted. The disabled also were targeted. And then primarily Jews were targeted because the Nazis used Jews as what we call a scapegoat. They found Jews to be the perfect scapegoat to blame them for all of Germany's problems. And that's how they brainwashed people into supporting their ideology by saying, you know, these people, by using that type of language, that these people, these people are the problem. So that's why we always have to be vigilant when it comes to how we speak about other groups. You know, this idea of us versus them is very dangerous. Oh, wow. Yes. I never thought of it that way. Mm. Who rescued the Jews when the Holocaust era ended? Well, I mean, it was a, a collaborative effort. So there are three particular countries that would be called the Allied Army. So we have Britain, we have the United, uh, well, yeah, or the United Kingdom, we have the United States, and then we have the Soviet Union. So these three nations were called the Allied Armies, and they defeated Nazi Germany in 1945. But this was a long process, firstly, for them to decide to enter the war. They had to decide eventually to enter the war. And then, but eventually, when they did enter the war and became the Allied Armies, then they fought with Nazi Germany, and they defeated Nazi Germany. Wow. Yes. Who rescued? Um, how long was the Holocaust? Like over what period of time? Well, the period of time that we look at is from 1933 till 1945. However, the actual mass murders were during the Second World War. But it's important to look at the whole 12 years because, as I said before, nothing just happens. There's always a process. There are always steps that lead to a genocide or lead to mass murder. Number one is the choices that people make. On an everyday level, the choice to believe this 
about someone you don't know or to believe that. Like, that's a choice that eventually leads. So it's a step in that direction. It becomes part of the process. So we look at those full 12 years from 1933 to 1945, even though the actual murders, the actual killings, the actual genocide took place during the Second World War. Wow. Yes. Where did the survivors go after they were rescued? Well, when, they were, when the war ended and Nazi Germany was, was defeated, many of the survivors had lost everything. You know, they had lost their homes, they had lost their businesses, they had lost their entire families. So many of them had nowhere to go. So there were camps that were created and uh, managed by the Allied armies that I mentioned called displaced persons camps, or in short, DP camps. And so many survivors were taken to this DP or displaced persons camps to try and figure out what to do. Where do they go next? Are any of their family members still alive? So there were lists. So the, on a daily, not on a daily basis, but occasionally there were lists that were put up of people who were still alive. And so people would then frantically look at those lists and see, oh, did my father survive? Did my mother survive? Did my sister survive? And so those displaced persons camps also were not wonderful. But at least, you know, people were free. And then thereafter, many people then chose to relocate to different countries. Some came to South Africa. So the survivors that we have that came to that uh, we've worked with uh, previously and those that are still alive that we still work with chose to come to South Africa. Some uh, chose to go to other different uh, African countries. So they, they had to choose. And then some, you know, in 1948 when, the, when you know, Israel, the state of Israel was created, some chose to relocate to Israel. Wow. Wow. What does essay have to do with the Holocaust? Is there any like meanings behind it or something? You mean South Africa? Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, absolutely. So in there's a, a very, very important document that I would like our listeners to know about, and that's called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So this document was created at the end of the Holocaust. Because so all the, 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 the nations that were part of the United Nations, the United Nations also was created in 1945 as a result of the Holocaust. So all the nations that were part of the United Nations signed this document called the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And so there was a commitment that from now on as this nation, we will respect and value human rights. Now, this document was created in 1948. Now, I want your listeners to guess or to think which country did not sign this document in 1948. South Africa. Why did South Africa not sign this document in 1948? Because in 1948, apartheid was beginning in South Africa. And there was another system of basically um, dehumanizing people and abusing people's human rights. And South Africa only signed the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1998, 50 years later, after um, four years after apartheid had ended. So this is very, very important. And also, our very own constitution. And also, I would like your listeners, maybe you, they haven't studied this, but there's something called the Bill of Rights. 
So the Bill of Rights is the cornerstone of our constitution in South Africa. And that is the, the document that states all the human rights and all the critical human rights that must be respected, that belong to you as a human being. And that, again, is highly influenced by the results of the Holocaust and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So South Africa and the history of the Holocaust have a great, very important connection. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. How long did it take the world to recover from the Holocaust? Still recovering. Still recovering. Because... Anti-Semitism is still alive. Racism in general is still alive. As your listeners may know, anti-Semitism is a racism specifically targeted towards Jews. But also racism in general is still alive. Othering is still alive. Hate speech are still very much alive. So, not yet. We are still recovering. Still recovering. Wow. On that note, let's take a quick song break and we'll be back soon. Hi kids, for kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is RV. This is Hi Kids, for kids, by kids. My name is Avi and I am 10 years old. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on 010-140-3020 and I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. I will start. Are you ready? 3, 2, 1. Thin sticks, 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 thin sticks. 17 times. Do you have any callers for the tongue twister? If not, let's do it with Nduduzi Ntuli. Vusi, please start the timer. Thin sticks, 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 thin Twenty-three times. Yay, I win. <laughs> <laughs> well done for trying. On that note, let's go to a song break. Hi, kids. For kids, by kids. They are the Hi Kids. Your host today is RV. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Avi, and I am st- and I am ten years old. Mzuduzi, I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. How can we visit the Holocaust and Genocide Center? Ah, okay. So firstly, I'll, let me give you our um, social media platforms that can give you a bit more information about us and also to how to follow us. So on Facebook, we have at JHG Center. So it's all the JHGC is in capital letters and then E. N-T-R-E is in small letters, so it's J-H-G Center. And then on Twitter, it's the same Twitter handle, J-H-G Center. So J-H-G-C in capital letters, and then E-N-T-R-E in small letters. And then on Instagram, it's J-H-G Center, all small letters. And then on SoundCloud, where you can listen to some of our amazing podcasts, is J-H-G Center, all small letters. The address of the center is 
One Duncombe Road, Forest Town, Johannesburg, alongside Jan Smuts Avenue. And the easiest way also is to go on our website, which is www.jhbholocaust.co.za. And we have lots and lots of resources and also images of our exhibition and other things that we've done um, during COVID uh, online that will be very, very exciting for visitors. Wow. Uh, thank you for that. Yes. Reminder that our guest the song for today is... Call now if you know the answer. Thank you for playing. The answer to the guest the song for today is drumroll please. Why Should I Worry from Oliver and Company. Thank you to my guest, Mduduzi Nutuli, for coming on Chai Kids, to my producer, Senna and Vusi, for pushing the big red pulley things. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show on 101.9 Chai FM.